Our topic today is under construction. Prabhupada used to point out that every embodied living being is flawed in four ways. One is we have a tendency to cheat. Two, our senses are imperfect. Three, we're subject to illusion. And four, this is our theme today, we make mistakes. That means, given enough time and circumstances, human failure is inevitable. Now, it's not if we're going to fail, it's when we fail, how are we going to respond to it? That's what makes the difference. If we respond to failure in the wrong way, it can prove fatal. How should we think about failing? We know it's not fun. In fact, it's painful. But is there an upside to failure? In an article in Harvard Business Review, Amy Edmondson said, quote, the wisdom of learning from failure is incontrovertible. Yet organizations that do it well are extremely rare. This gap is not due to a lack of commitment to learning, but to thinking about failure in the wrong way. You were around when we were building this temple building in Salt Lake City, and you remember during the construction process, after the foundation was poured and most of the roof was up, there were tools and pieces of equipment scattered here and there. A big dumpster out there was overflowing with debris. There were still holes in the roof through which water would come during rains. There was mud everywhere. Building materials were stacked here and there. Everything seemed willy-nilly, disorganized, out of place. Temple site, to be honest with you, it looked like a disaster area. However, we did not say, this isn't going to work out. Let's stop building. It's so messy. This is never going to be what we want. No, because we knew it was all a part of the process. You can't build a beautiful building without rain, without mud, without smelly paint, without piles of debris, without sheetrock dust. In the same way, we have to come to see the things that are messy in our lives, the things that we struggle with, things that seem out of place as that we're simply under construction. Doesn't mean things aren't going to work out. Maybe in your life, metaphorically, there are tools scattered about. Looks like a failed effort, but what looks like failure, what looks disappointing, what looks untidy, sloppy, it's all a part of the process. Fact is that you can't become all that you are meant to be without some messy periods in your life. To the untrained eye, a construction site can look unorganized, random. It can look like a failed effort, but to the architect, it's no big deal. He's not worried. He drew the plans. He knows exactly where everything is going. Robert said, we are building temples and developing projects. 
Not only the finished buildings, but even the messes of construction en route are helping us to make spiritual advancement. They are meant to bring us closer to Krishna. The architect is Krishna. He has a plan for your life. The good news is, the messy places cannot stop your destiny. The delays, the things you don't understand, the failures, even your own mistakes from the past, they're already taken into account. C.S. Lewis says, the enemy sets people to becoming preoccupied with their failures. From then on, the battle is won, for she has taken us out of the action, put us on the sidelines. I'm here today to reassure you that Krishna has you right on schedule, because you're not yet a finished product. He's still working on you, and when God starts, He will bring to completion. You allow Him. Maya, the material energy, will whisper, not you. You have too many flaws, too many weaknesses. You don't come from the right family. You don't have education. You've made too many mistakes. When you hear the voice of the accuser, you just answer, it's okay, I'm under construction. Just an old part of the process. I may have some messy places, but God's not finished with me. I may not be there yet, but instead of beating myself up, living with negative recordings in my mind, my attitude is, I'm a masterpiece in the making. Maya says, but you still have that addiction. Yes, but I'm under construction. You still have that temper. You still say things that you shouldn't. Yes, but I'm better than I was last year. I'm growing. I'm coming up higher. And I know this. When Krishna started, he's going to finish. You have to look beyond the mess and see the masterpiece. Can you say that with me? Look beyond the mess and see the masterpiece. I read a story about a young boy named Walter Elias. He was born in the city, but his parents moved out to the country to become farmers. Walter had a vivid imagination, and the farm was the perfect place for a young boy with a wandering mind. One day, in the apple orchard, he was amazed when he saw a city on a branch of one of the apple trees. An owl stood there, stared at the owl. He thought about what his father had told him about owls. They always rested during the day, because they hunted the night. And this owl was fast asleep. Also thought, I would make a great pet. Be very stealthy. Showed up, stepped over the stems and leaves. Owl was in a deep sleep. Never heard Walter coming toward him. And he grabbed its legs. That owl woke up and exploded into action. It took about a nanosecond for Walter to forget about his plans to keep the owls a pet. The air was filled with wings, feathers, claws, and unearthly screaming. And in the excitement, Walter held the owl's legs tightly. And in his panic, still holding onto the owl, he threw it down to the ground and stomped it to death. After all the feathers, had fluttered down to the ground and things calmed down. He looked at the mess of the dead bird. Blood came again and cried. 
Went back to the farm, got a shovel, buried the owl there. Night he dreamed about. As the years passed, he never got over that mess that had happened in the apple orchard on that summer day. It had affected him in a deep way. The interesting thing is that as an older man, Walter Elias Disney never, never killed a creature again. Something from the mess of that day transformed Walt Disney. Something redeemed him from the pit of despair. And that something inspired him to give life to thousands of animals on the big screen in his theme parks. I did my own research and I found this little excerpt from a brochure for the Disney parks, wherever you find them. Disney World is one of the easiest vacation spots in the world for vegetarians to find a great meal. You can expect the typical high-caliber Disney response to your needs, and you'll find vegan vegetarian dishes at every dining location, no matter where you are, Anaheim or Orlando, or what your budget, you'll find some tasty choices in theme parks, as well as the resorts. Lord Krishna says in the Srimad Bhagavatam, prior to the cosmic manifestation, only I exist. No phenomenon exists, either gross, subtle, or primordial. After creation, only I exist in everything. And after annihilation, only I remain eternally. Therefore, the sages see me as the unifying force field transcending the so-called good and bad of this material world. Now, echoing this Beatty theme, you may have heard of the Western philosopher Hegel. He used a three-value logical model to explain the creative process. Abstract, negative, concrete. Hegel uses this writing model as a backbone to accompany the points in most of his work. The formula, abstract, negative, concrete, suggests a flaw or at least an incompleteness in any initial thesis. It is too abstract and it lacks the negative of trial, error, and experience. You heard it, General, say a battle plan only lasts as long as the first shot is fired. That's what I'm talking about. For Hegel, the concrete, the synthesis, the absolute must always pass through the phase of experience, failure, and negative on its journey to completion. This is the essence of what's, if you ever study philosophy, it's called Hegelian dialectics in the West, and from the Vedic point of view, it's called creation through chaos. So we're just coming back to that theme that the messy places are all part of the process. Might be uncomfortable. You may not understand. You may have brought that trouble on yourself due to your bad choices in the past. However, when Krishna designed the plan for your life, he took all that into account. Despite wrong choices, despite dysfunction, despite failures, he can get you to where you need to go. Now, don't misunderstand me. This isn't an excuse to live sloppy and undisciplined. However, if you keep in first place, you'll come to know that to err is not only human, it is also a necessary part of the process. 
Closed doors, mistakes, breakups, betrayals are the bridge between where we are at present and where we need once more to Hegelian dialectics. If you start with A and abstract, this is the abstract, that man is created to transform, and you end, that's A, you want to come to C with a complete man who reflects the glory of God. Then what connects A to C between what we are now and what we're going to come in the future is what? It's failure. Does that make sense? Practical example. This is what Edison said in experiments to produce a working light bulb. Before I got through, I tested no fewer than 6,000 materials. Ransacked the world for the most suitable filament material. The electric light has caused me the greatest amount of study and has required the most elaborate experiments. He wrote, I, however, was never myself discouraged or inclined to be hopeless of success. I cannot say the same for all of my associates. He said, and I think you'll chuckle at least with me, Edison said, I have had a lot of success with failure. <laughs> Don't you find that funny? <laughs> well, true, my situation is too messy. I have water in my living room, so to speak. I have mud on my floors. Hello! All part of the process. Doesn't mean that Krishna isn't going to finish when he started in your life. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Stop beating yourself up. When Krishna brings you to completion, when he delivers you from that addiction, when he turns your family situation around, I'm not going to bring up your weaknesses. I'm not going to remind you of your past mistakes and failures. Every one of us have messy places while we're under construction. But those are not going to keep you from becoming a masterpiece. Consider scaffolding. It's ugly, it's unsightly, but it's only temporary. Once the building is finished, you don't leave the scaffolding up. The first thing you do is take down the scaffolding. Without the scaffolding, you couldn't have built a beautiful building. But once the building is there, the scaffolding is no longer necessary. So don't go through life focused on your failures, focused on the times you blew it. You have already enough people and circumstances lined up against you. Don't be against yourself. Learn to be at peace. Bill Gates said, it's fine to celebrate success, but it's more important to heed the lessons of failure. You know why America is the best country in the world? Because you're allowed to fail. If a business venture doesn't succeed, you just declare bankruptcy, you get the slate wiped clean, and you can start all over again. Those are the kind of people who are going to boost the economy. In the old days, if you owed somebody money and you couldn't pay, they put you in jail. They put you in debtor's prison. I ask you, what good does that do anybody? The reason that America has the strongest economy in the world is because there's plenty of room for failing. The Foundation for Economic Education says, failed entrepreneurial activity is just as important as successful entrepreneurial activity. Markets are desirable not because they lead smoothly to improved knowledge and better coordination, but because they provide a process for learning from our mistakes and the incentive to correct them. 
It's not that entrepreneurs are just good at getting it right. It's also that they, like all of us, can know when they've got it wrong and can obtain the necessary information and the second, third, fourth chances to get it right next time. Failure is the engine that accelerates us towards our goals, steers us towards the most valuable goal possible. And once you recognize failure as being just as important as success in the world, then it should be clear that the goal of a society is to create an environment that not only allows people to succeed freely, but to fail freely as well. Maya, whose job it is to keep us stuck in a rut, full of self-pity, she's going to work overtime, reminding you every time you've done wrong, trying to talk you out of your destiny. Our suggestion is that instead of believing those lies, going around guilty with no passion, why don't you turn it around? Lord, thank you that you're still working on me. I know this mess is a sign that I'm under construction. Despite my shortcomings, despite my failures, I believe you're still going to get me to completion. I've learned that where you are now is not necessarily important. Where you're going, that matters. That mess, that bankruptcy, that divorce, that addiction, that legal situation, none of it can keep you from where Krishna wants you to go. Let Krishna make and mold you. Stay pliable. We should be better this year than we were last year. Don't let the stress become permanent, the addiction, the hot temper, the negative attitude. That's not who you are. Keep growing. Keep getting better at resisting the temptation. There is nothing wrong with being under construction. But there is something wrong with not making any progress. I'll say that once more. There's nothing wrong with being under construction, but there is something wrong with not making progress. Do your part, be willing to change, and then Krishna will do his part. He'll help you to come up higher. We've all had this experience in a big city. You've probably had the chance to watch a skyscraper under construction. Now, for the first six months or so of the project, all the workers do is make a great big hole in the ground. They start building a tall building far below the surface of the earth. That seems absurd, contradictory, paradoxical, crazy. As you would suspect, there's a very, very good reason for that large hole. To build a mammoth building, you have to dig way down until you can build a strong foundation, one that's capable of supporting the skyscraper. A doghouse doesn't need any foundation. An ordinary residential building can be built on just a simple concrete slab. But a skyscraper that's going to soar high towards the heavens, that's different. It requires a deep and solid foundation. Thus it is in our own spiritual life. Our upward potential is totally dependent on the foundation underneath it. The taller the building, the deeper the foundation has to go. When it's finished, you can't even see that foundation underneath the ground. But an argument could be made, it's the most important part of the whole building. Think of 
build a huge tower above ground, but if they didn't take the time to put in a proper foundation, it wouldn't last. Sometimes we know we're supposed to be going up. We have big dreams, promises in our hearts, but it feels like we're going down instead, not growing, not seeing good breaks. What we may not realize is Krishna is working on our foundation, molding our character, how we treat people, how we respond to adversity. We don't like these times, but they are crucial. They are important to get us to where we need to go. Why? The deeper the foundation, the higher the building. Don't get discouraged when things aren't happening on your timetable. Krishna knows what he's doing. Just keep passing the test, keep being good to people, even when they're not giving good to you. What's happening is your foundation is going down deeper. Can I tell you that Krishna will not release what he has for you until he knows that you can handle it. It wouldn't be a blessing if he gave it to you and you weren't ready to receive it. It would be a curse. If Krishna has an 80-story building for you and he only built a 40-story foundation, might be easier, it might be quicker, but actually in the end, he would be doing you grave disservice. Our message is, don't fight the foundation work, don't get sour, because things are not moving as fast as you'd like. There are things happening that you can't see. Your foundation is going down deeper. You're being prepared to go to new levels. A very wise person once said, at the end of the day, your feet should be dirty, your hair messy, and your eyes sparkling. Might be in a messy situation. People have come up against you. You've made mistakes. You've had bad breaks. But Krishna is saying to you today, it's not over. Part of my plan, you're under instruction. We're not meant to understand every single thing that happens to us in life. Why? Because Krishna's ways are not our ways. If you just keep faith, and keep honoring your life, then what he started, he will bring to completion. In spite of having a rough childhood, in spite of somebody walking out and breaking your heart, in spite of those people trying to stop you from your dream, you're not going to miss Krishna's victory for your life if you keep the first place. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Rama. Why? Because Krishna has the final say. Tune out all those accusatory voices saying, you blew it, you had your chance. No, Krishna would not have allowed it if it was going to keep you from your destiny. It's all part of the process. Well, Chiru, I'm working in a job that I'm overqualified for. I have so much more in me. Seems like a mistake. Krishna knows that's not your final destination. But he wouldn't have allowed it if he didn't have a purpose for it. Do you think the God who's so precise that he causes the earth to rotate down to the smallest millisecond is going to falter on his plan for your life? Do you think he'd let something happen to his devotees that wasn't designed for their good? And if Krishna did make a mistake with you, it'd be the first time. It'd be the first time. So our proposal is, why don't you trust him while you're under construction? Why don't you trust him in the messy places? Trust him when you're sure it's a mistake. Hare Krishna. 
Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, You know, sometimes Krishna even has to take us backwards before he can take us forward. He has to dig down deep before we can go higher. Our job is not to understand everything. Our job is just to stay in faith. And if we do so, we will come to see that it's all going to work out for our good. In 1929, the Georgia Tech football team played the University of Southern California in the Rose Bowl. In the game, a player in the California team picked up a fumble, got confused, and ran 80 yards in the wrong direction. Finally, a teammate tackled him just before he scored a touchdown for the other team. <laughs> At halftime, all the players went into their locker room and sat down wondering what the coach would say. This young man sat off by himself with a towel over his head, crying and crying and crying. When the team was ready to go back on the field for the second half, the coach stunned the team when he announced the same players who had started the first half would start the second half. Players left the dressing room, all except for this young man. He wouldn't get up. The coach looked back and called him, saw that the boy's face was wet with tears. The player said, Coach, I can't do it. I ruined you. I've disgraced the university. I can't face that crowd in the stadium again. Coach put his hand on the boy's shoulders and said, Get up and go back in. The game is only half over. You have a chance to correct any mistakes that we made in the first time. That player's name was Royal Regals, and he's known as Wrong Way Regals. However, What's not generally known is that uh, the next year, because he kept at it, he kept improving, he made first team All-American football team. When you think about the story, you have to think what a great coach that was. Krishna's basically saying the same thing to each and every one of you right now. It's only halftime. You've got the second half in order to correct any mistakes that you might have made. Now, we'll finish up with an example that you're all familiar with. Yudhisthira. Yudhisthira, what did he do? He lost his whole kingdom playing at a game of dice that he already knew was crooked. What, what could be more boneheaded than that, honestly? It landed him, his brothers, and his wife in exile for 13 years after which they had to fight a huge battle. Now, even though at times it looked hopeless, Yudhisthira knew this truth, that Krishna's stories, Krishna's devotees, always end with all is well. If all is not well right now in your life, it means it's not the end. If there are things holding you back, out of place, things that are messy, that means you're under construction. You have the second half in front of you. Don't get discouraged. Krishna is still working. After 13 years, the Pandavas, because they kept a good attitude and kept chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Hare, not only got back what they lost, but they got back twice as much as they had before they were cheated out of the and I make this bold statement. 
You will not find anywhere in scripture where someone did something significant, but they didn't have messy places. Times it wasn't fair. Times they made mistakes. Times they felt disqualified. But when it all came together, it made perfect sense. They went from construction to completion. Here's the key. You cannot properly judge the construction process without the plans. You may think, I'm done, true. I'm finished. I've made too many mistakes. I've missed my destiny. But if you had the plans, that's what they said, I would agree with you. The problem is, we don't have the plan. Krishna is saying to you today, the plans I have for you are for good and not for harm. The plans are to give you a future and a hope. What Krishna's plan for you does not end in defeat. It does not end in failure and mediocrity and addictions and dysfunction. What Krishna has planned for you ends victory. If you see somebody happy, blessed, fulfilling their purpose, loved by their families, you might think that all that just fell into place. No, it's just that you came into the theater at the end of the movie. You missed the beginning. You missed the middle. Every person has to go through the construction process. No exceptions. They didn't get to where they were without messy places. Things they didn't understand. People coming against them. My question to you today is, will you trust Krishna while you're under construction? Will you trust him in the messy places? Will you trust him when it doesn't make sense? I wonder if instead of complaining about the mess, being discouraged by what didn't work out, what if we were to say, Krishna, I want to thank you that nothing can stop your plan for my life. I want to thank you that what you have ordained for me is on the way. You do that by saying, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare Rama, one last example. How many of you have been down to Spanish Fork? Any of you used to go to the temple when we had services in the log house before the new temple opened in 2001? Okay, we built that log house in 1987 as a temporary worship center and as an ashram for the devotees. Now, after the construction part was finished, all the light switches had been installed, the floors were laid, the heating and air conditioning were in place, the kitchen appliances, the washing machine, all hooked up. The problem was that the power wasn't connected. We paid the electrical deposit to the electrical company, and we'd go over every night to test the connection, switch the power switches and all like that. Nothing happened day after day after day. And without power, the building was too hot, live in during the day. It was too cold at night. Thousands of dollars worth of machines were useless. There was no running water. Cooking was impossible. Laundry was impossible. The building wasn't much good for anything. Finally, after some time, we went over there one night. We flipped the switch and lo and behold, the power was connected. And with that one connection, everything changed. The lights went on. It was running water, laundry, showers, heating, air conditioning, appliances, oven, stove, washing machine, dryer. As soon as that power was switched on, everything came together perfectly.
perfectly. Everything made sense. Everything inspired to take us to a higher level than we've been before. So I believe that if you chanted Hare Krishna and kept the Lord first place, you're about to come into one of these supernatural connections. You've been on the verge of it. You've been skirting around it. You've been diligent and upbeat through the messy places. You've been honoring God. You've jumped from one negative to another without any loss of enthusiasm. You've learned that negative is not failure. Negative is the bridge to cross the ocean of birth and death. You made the transition with joy. You crossed over with faith. Your character's been coming up higher. You're about to see Krishna Flip the switch. Suddenly the doors are going to open. Suddenly the healing comes. Suddenly the right person shows up. Suddenly that new temple gets built. Suddenly you're going to go from construction to completion. Those things that were hindering you, you are coming out the other end. There's light at the end of the tunnel. And when you do, you'll be twice as well off as you were before. Twice as wise as you were before. Twice as faithful and more trusting than you were before. Despite mistakes you might have made, you are still going to fulfill your destiny. Still become everything that Krishna has created you to be in this life. Next life, you're going to go back to home. Back to God. If any of that sounds good, raise your arms with me. Let's all say it together. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare.